0: your state your team your show this is sports nightly
1: snap down the kick is up and the kick is good here's lane huskers win it 13 to 10 they beat northwestern and go to four and two
0: now let's check the
1: pulse of husker nation with your hosts greg sharp and ben mclaughlin
2: Defense won us that game and I'm proud of those guys. They continue to get better. They made a, a interception at the end that got us in position to win it.
1: Snap back to hand it off the hole. In the backfield, he's hit drop for a long. Good play by Gary it's a TFL for a minus three.
3: I came in motion, and then I was just kind of like, if they overlap, then I know I'm going to get this ball. And I was hoping Noah was going to give me a chance for it, which he obviously did. And I just, I just went up and made a play. That's all. that's just what it was going through my head. I was like, you got to make a play.
0: Adrian gets the snap. Martinez con el avoide. Puts it in the belly of Juan around the left
1: side. He's got a first down, 35-30. Wandale, 25-20, 15-10, 5. Va
0: 20, a salir Martinez. No se la dejaba
4: Robinson. Camisa por izquierda. tiene el espacio. Se va. Se va. Se va la yarda número 5. He
1: is in. Nebraska! Annotation! Catering looking right, stepping through the pressure, rolling right, now throws it downfield and pass is caught. Pa. It was the inbounds. Austin Allen made the oh catch goodness. along the sidelines. They're going to say it's an inbounds catch at the 26-yard line. What a catch. Nebraska trying to construct it to a two-score lead. The kick sending toward the uprights, and the kick is good. Lane McConnell from 36 yards, and Nebraska leads it to nothing. In motion, Wandale. Snap back. Zone read. Ball flipped over to Wandale with a 40. Makes a man miss. 45-50. He's to the 40. It's a foot race now. 30-25. Caught from behind. Knocked out of the 19-yard line. It's a 47-yard run. The Huskers pitch it on that little inside shovel to Robinson and then race it up the middle of the field. This one into a bit of a breeze here at Memorial Stadium. Snap down. The kick sailing towards the uprights and the kick is no good. He missed it. We're still tied at 10.
2: When you're in a tight game. Special teams and turnovers are the, are the difference, and I think that last that last pick we got probably was the play of the day.
1: Back to throw is Aiden Smith, steps, throw. Pass picked off, intercepted. It's picked off by Lamar Jackson. He's to midfield, and he goes down at the 48-yard line of Northwestern. Lamar Jackson gets his second pick of
3: the year.
2: We just needed a play here and there, and we, we'd gotten a couple other big plays that got us down in position to score, and we came away with no points a couple times, and that was a big play from Noah to Wandale. I thought both those kids stepped up tonight.
1: Noah Avedro awaits the shotgun snap. Mills in the backfield winning. Snap back to Noah. Has some time. Steps throws downfield looking for Wandale Robinson. Makes a catch! At the- 20, he twisted out of bounds at the 17-yard line. What a terrific throw by Noah Federal to Juan Dale Robinson for 31 yards, and the Huskers in field goal range.
2: I was pretty much laser-focused on trying to make that kick. That's really all that was on my mind, and I was really confident. I think the more the timeouts came, I think the more confident I got.
1: I mean, you can quote me on this.
5: He has that clutch factor in him. I really do believe in, in Lane, and I'd let like, trust him to kick that kick every week.
1: Snap down. The kick is up.
2: Three segundos en el the reloj. Allá viene el intento.
1: It is good! Here's Lane! La Gaccio! Es Huskers bueno. win it 13 to 10. They beat Northwestern. And
2: go to four and two. You know, win's a win. We're four and two. That's a lot better than where we were last year at this time. Told the guys it's a one-week season now because we got one week. We got to go up to Minnesota, play an undefeated team, and we get a week off. It's a big game for us against a good team.
0: What'd you expect, right? Northwestern Nebraska's got to come down to the end of the game, and it certainly did on Saturday with Nebraska and the unlikely hero, Lane McCallum, from Norfolk, Nebraska, towing the winning field goal, Getting it through a couple of outstretched arms, hands of Northwestern defenders to give Nebraska their fourth victory of the season. Welcome to another week of Sports on here on the Husker Sports Hour. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you here on this Monday night. Got a busy show coming up. We're going to hear from the head coach a little bit later on in the hour. His press conference from today, thoughts about Saturday, and then looking ahead to a matchup with the undefeated Gophers coming up on Saturday night. We'll have our Mondays with Matt in hour number two. We'll hear from Braxton Clark, who got a handful of snaps for the Huskers defense on Saturday. Hour three, we'll have our weekend rewind. And Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com will join us. But Mondays, we always set aside a lot of time for you to dial us up and give us your thoughts about the game. At 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. And wow, uh, it was a fight. We kind of knew it was going to be. It really was a lot like what we thought all week that this game would look like, and fortunately Nebraska gets the big throw, Ben from Noah Vedro to Wandale Robinson to get down inside the red zone, and then Lane McCallum of all people wins it for the Big Red.
5: Yeah, there was a there was a lot that happened, but not a lot that happened at the same time. And you know, the to me and, and to a lot of people, the biggest play of the game was the interception by Lamar Jackson and you know you think about it greg this is twice now this year that the defense has won nebraska a game uh you go back to illinois and um defense needed to step up huge with illinois with a chance to go down and get points and and win the game uh same story with with northwestern you know northwestern was moving the ball and had a chance to go down and um at least have a chance at a field goal i know it was against the wind but you know you uh you give it a shot and they they took a shot. Lamar Jackson got the pick, and Nebraska got one huge play from from Vedral to Robinson, and and McCallum was able to miraculously find a way through some hands and over the over the crossbar. And celebration time for the Huskers, but you know, just quite the the vast difference of, of feel of of a Nebraska defense compared with Illinois and Northwestern compared to Colorado. And what we were saying that that defense had time and time again, a chance to end that game and and end all hope for Colorado. And it just didn't work out that way. But uh, so, you know, twice in a matter of what six, six, seven games under, under Scott Frost that Huskers have won a nine, six game and a 13, 10 game, but you'll take it as they come. It's a win against Northwestern. Gladly would have taken that by, uh any stretch a year ago and you you know it's a division win and you move on to the next one ben it's only the second time nebraska has
0: beaten northwestern in memorial stadium the first the hail mary the second the walk-off field goal so both wins by nebraska over the cats in our stadium was on the last play of a game and so it it was just a battle you felt great at 10-0 in the first half Uh, But Northwestern took advantage of a good kickoff return to get a field goal in the second quarter to get their first points on the board. And then really the only bad drive for the defense was the opening drive for Northwestern in the third quarter when they went six plays, 58 yards and scored. That was kind of the only loose drive of the defense in that entire game. There were interesting calls that were made. I mean, I'm talking about officials' calls that were made in this game. You then had the injury factors that certainly played a huge role in this thing with J.D. Spielman going out early third quarter, Adrian Martinez going out late third quarter. So you, for Nebraska, you're really shorthanded with a couple of your big weapons. But Northwestern certainly is playing shorthanded as well. Isaiah Bowser doesn't play at all. Hunter Johnson doesn't play at all. So two teams that just are kind of fighting, scratching and clawing to get it done. And that's the kind of game you end up getting. But I, 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 sur- I sure hope that nobody's walking away going man, that wasn't any good because it certainly had a lot of drama at the end of the game and two teams fighting like crazy to try to win a football game.
5: Yeah, it was. There, I mean it just felt like a like a like a Big Ten football game is what it felt like. And, you know, I think when I look big picture, I think the last year and exactly a half with this coaching staff has been a a bit of a a reality check in the sense that, you know, you may have your system in mind and want to come here and run your stuff, and I think that's awesome, and and they're going to, and once, you know, they get the horses. But it's not as easy – to do as maybe they thought to just come into the Big Ten and and put together a, a, a team that's going to just completely erase the identity of what's happened over the course of however many years in the Big Ten, you can't do that. Northwestern's going to play great defense. Iowa's going to play great defense. Wisconsin has had great defenses. Like You can't just implement your system and just have 700 total yards all the time. And, and expect your offense to blow teams out like you you hope that's the goal and that's going to happen but you still have to have the ability to win a big 10 slugfest and it's you're going to have to ha- you're going to have to do that time every every now and again and so it was refreshing to see that happen it was refreshing to see uh, Nebraska win a game like that and, and win last year against Michigan State it's, it's going to have to happen and you hope the more recruiting classes they get in the more easy it is to move the football but uh, I mean, you mentioned no Hunter Johnson. I thought Aiden Smith provided probably the best spark of a Northwestern offense all year. And they found something with that zone read, and, and it was working. They went down all the way down and scored with it. Now, you have to give a lot of credit to Coach Shenander and that defense for adjusting to that and taking that away from them. Because once that – I think I even said that on the broadcast. Once they took that away, it Northwestern's offense was lost. Yeah and and that was exactly what they needed to do. So credit to Coach Shenander. Everyone wants to talk in-game adjustments, big-time adjustment for them to to get that thing fixed and shut that valve off of the zone read because that was the only offense Northwestern had all day long. And, and Nebraska made the plays when they needed to make. So big-time kudos to Lamar Jackson, big-time throw from Noah Vedrill, beautiful catch by Wandale on the sideline and, and Lane McCallum to get the field goal through. It, it, it's not ugly, but... We're talking about a 4-2 and two football team here tonight. And 2-1 and one in the league with two wins over the West in
0: Illinois and Northwestern. I want your take on this, too, because there were times that it looked like Nebraska had the matchup they wanted on the outside, maybe a bubble screen, maybe a slip screen, maybe just a pass in the flat where you're like, all right, one of our guys with one of their guys, you like the ability for a Wandale or a Maurice Washington or a JD or whoever it might be to slip a tackle and go. But Northwestern doesn't let you get away with that. They make the play on the perimeter. And it's really remarkable to watch. And we said it all week that they are so sound defensively. They don't miss tackles. They're where they're supposed to be. They're just never really out of position. And that's, at least from our
5: vantage point up in the booth, that's what it looked like a lot of on Saturday. Yeah, I had a a good talk with a buddy about this yesterday who was frustrated about the offense. And I said, look, the best way that I can explain this is – Offensively, the way Nebraska works best is to get athletes in space, right? And you think about it conceptually, why why is that the case? It's because on one-on-one matchups, we trust our guys to get by their one guy mm-hmm. and make a big play. But for whatever reason, that one guy was impossible to get by against Northwestern. Like the 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 entire point of Nebraska's scheme is to get guys open in space and spread you out and and, and use your playmakers to get by guys. But when you have such a great and not, and I know Nebraska's talent wise is is probably better than Northwestern, but when your fundamentals are flawless and your football IQ is where it needs to be, you can make up for lost talent with if you' you are where you're supposed to be and you tackle how you're supposed to tackle and you follow your assignment. Those one-on-one matchups that Nebraska wants are a heck of a lot more difficult to win when you're going up against a team like Northwestern who is fundamentally sound and they do what they're supposed to do every snap, and they're so well coached. They recognize formations. They recognize personnel. They recognize sets. They recognize you know, plays as they happen. It, those one-on-one matchups that Nebraska tries to employ and take advantage of uh, Of are very difficult to win. And and you saw the Cats take advantage on many open field tackles where if Nebraska makes one guy miss, it's a 10, 15, 20-yard gain. Instead, it's a 2- or 3-yard gain. It's it's really kind of a beautiful thing to watch. If you just
0: love football, watch Northwestern play sound defense. I saw it in spades when they played Wisconsin the week before where they held the Badger offense, which is one of the better ones in the country right now to 10 points it's just that that's how they play and you just knew it was going to be a slugfest thank goodness for nebraska that they came out on top in this one all right those are some of our opening thoughts for this one here's the head coach from earlier today talking about nebraska's quarterback situation
2: we gotta we'll let the week develop and see where adrian is um but we feel good about if we have to go with Noah and Luke, um, those guys got a bunch of reps today, and they've been repping a lot all through the fall. So if it ends up being them, we're fine, but we're going to wait and see where Adrian is later in the week.
0: The coach was asked now, does Adrian need to practice during this week to be able to play?
2: Uh, he needs to practice a little, uh, but um, you know he's had plenty of reps. So we'll make those decisions down the road, it, and it kind of depends on when and if he's able to to look efficient at practice.
0: Now, snapping was again a topic today of the press conference. Again, some errant snaps, some high, some low on Saturday. One went over Noah Vedrill's head, and then he made a terrific play. Went back and got it, scrambled to the right, and threw the ball away to avoid any kind of a loss. The coach was asked about the play that Noah made.
2: Yeah, we tell him all the time, If, if there's some situation like that and we have any kind of bubble or RPO on to, to get outside the pocket and and try to get rid of the ball, unless you can get yards. And he did a good job. He tried to gain yards on it and couldn't and threw the ball away and, and saved us a negative play. He made some good decisions Saturday, and, and that's what I expect out of him. What
5: would you make of that play? Um, wide mix of emotions in a span of about three seconds. You're, you're bracing for impact after the snap goes over his head. You're thinking, how am I going to comprehend another loss? <laughs> you go, oh, my God, he picked it up. Then you're thinking, okay, he might get some yards. And then he and then you're just thinking, throw it away, throw it away. Yeah. I think Matt even said that in a call. Throw it away, throw it away. And he gets rid of it, and you're going, wow. And you live to fight another down. There was a lot of emotion happening in that that short amount of time that seemed like a long amount of time. It was a really heads up play for a guy that, you know, you know his
0: mind is swirling because he hasn't been in the football game that long, but that really saved some field position for Nebraska in that game. If Noah has to be the guy Saturday, I, I'm I'm quietly comfortable about that. It's odd, that I feel like I think he'll be okay if he has to be the guy that takes a snap Saturday night up in Minneapolis. Let's get back to the phone. Some more calls. Greg in Grand Island joins us next. Good evening. We're back. Sports Island here on a Monday night. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you. Huskers Now move on after the 13-10 win over Northwestern, getting ready for the undefeated Minnesota Golden Gophers at 5-0. Here's the head coach earlier today talking about the Gophers.
2: Well, first of all, they're undefeated. Um, They've played well at the end of some tight games. Uh, I think they're they're big and physical up front. They have a big tight end that helps them in the running game. Their quarterback's been really efficient. They got two really good receivers. Um, They're going to smash you and run some RPOs and take shots. And have been putting up a lot of points Um, defensively. I think they're a lot more sound than what we saw last year, Uh, more athletic. Uh, So they've definitely improved. You can tell it's year three of his tenure up there and they're starting to look like the team that he wants them to look like. Um, It's going to be a big challenge for us, uh, but a great opportunity as well.
0: What do you make of them?
5: I think they're improved. You know, they, they started so many freshmen last year. They were the youngest team in the in the country last year. And I think, you know, it's like ages with time, you know, they get better and more experienced and it becomes more difficult. And I think we'll have a lot better idea of the whole progression scale of time and all that when we see Minnesota this week. I think, you know, that can be a, a decent example of, of what is reasonable, what what is logical, of of what it takes it uh, you know, to turn a program around. And so I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they look like in person. I we know what Tyler Johnson is, we know what Rashad Bateman is. You know those running backs are good. How improved is is Morgan? How improved is that defense? To me, that that's that's what I'm tr- intrigued to see. They're in year three for PJ Fleck, where Coach Frost is in year two
0: here. Since we played them last October, Nebraska's eight and four. Minnesota's only played 11 games since we last played them. They're 9-2. and two. Here's Scott Frost talking about what the two teams have done since that meeting last October.
2: I can't speak to them. I know this whole thing's a process, and you just have to keep getting better inch by inch and day by day, and uh, it's, it's pretty obvious that they've continued to improve. Um, I think we're on the right trajectory as well, so uh, we'll probably have this game and a lot more um, tough games and big games against those guys.
0: And, boy, have they just found a way to win a lot of their games. South Dakota State, Fresno State, Georgia Southern, all games that they kind of pulled it out at the very end of the game. Uh, They had Purdue on the ropes, kind of let them back in it, won by a touchdown, and and then they had a big second half Saturday against Illinois. But those first three weeks – where games that could have gone either way, they found a way to win. And that's to me, that's impressive that they're able to do that. Another thing, Ben, that's impressive about Minnesota is their wide receiving core led by Tyler Johnson. Here's the head coach talking about him.
2: I think they got several good receivers. Um, Johnson probably being the leading one, but uh, there's a lot of guys you have to pay attention to. Uh, they do a good job, you know, running those guys deep and and completing some deep balls. They do a great job on RPOs that if your eyes aren't right and you're not in the right place, can turn into big plays. Uh, So they they definitely have some weapons on the perimeter. And uh, our DBs have to be on their game, but really everybody does because there's a lot of things that go into taking away those uh, run pass options.
5: Tyler Johnson's a heck of a player. I mean, he he really, really is good. And Bateman was a a four-star, highly thought of guy when he came out of high school. And... You know here he is making an impact so they're they're a tough offense to stop yes. haven't said that about minnesota's offense in a long no, time i know but they can hurt you both with the ground and through the air so they're pretty
0: multiple with what they do and he's like him or not and he's quirky i'm talking about pj fleck he's doing really good things there we talked a lot about it this summer particularly when we left chicago time now for the weekly breakdown
6: what a memorable first game at home in the big 10 conference
0: with color analyst and former national champion.
6: All the games played for this historic program. All the great rushing days that we've seen over the years and way beyond my lifetime. And we've seen the best one here today against the
0: top 10 team.
1: It's Mondays with Matt Davison on Sports
0: Nightly. Well, it wasn't pretty, but it was a win. And I guess that's all that matters in conference play, right? Yeah. <laughs>
6: Yeah, we'll take it. I mean, we've been on the other end of some of those close ones and and we got this one done. Uh, it was a tough game. We knew they were, they were good defensively. Uh, they they've shown that all year long. They did a good job against Wisconsin, so we knew running it was going to be difficult and and uh even though we had some injuries during the game, the guys found a way down the stretch. Big time job by Noah coming into the game and obviously Wandale had himself a great game. So uh, all the guys stepped on their parts and, and um, you know, team win it wasn't always the prettiest game Greg but we got it done
0: no turnovers that was sure nice to see wasn't it for sure
6: I mean we, we all know it and we talk about it and we practice it over and over and over again and sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way or sometimes you make some bad decisions uh, we didn't fumble it we did a good job taking care of it and that was obviously big I mean field position and turnovers in a game like that are going to be big and the one turnover Northwestern committed was was a big one at a at a costly time for them, and and we were able to avoid that. So yeah, it was uh, it was nice to have a clean game in that way.
0: What makes Wandale so good in your eyes? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean,
6: he's he's a mature kid for his age. To be able to come in and play at this level at that age is tough. Oh, excuse me. He's um, he's really. Uh, physically a tough kid so he can take a lot of shots he's taken some big hits this year and he always gets up um he can catch the ball in the backfield well he runs routes well and obviously we can hand it to him too so he just does about anything that you'd want a guy to be able to do offensively he's he's able to make a guy miss he has great speed and at the same time he'll go into contact and and get every extra yard that he possibly can so He's fearless, he's courageous on the field for his size and, and he just he's just really productive and, and um you know, he stayed healthy, which is big too. Yeah.
0: Well, certainly a moment that Lane McCallum will never forget in his life. What a what a story, isn't it, Matt, for a guy who wasn't even a part of the one ten, uh didn't even think he was gonna be kicking this year. Now he's been thrust into that. And then to have a moment like that, wow, good to be Lane McCallum today.
6: Now, I remember when he was wanting to transfer to Nebraska, and that came across my desk, and we looked at him, watched his film, learned a little bit more about him, and, and ultimately he ended up here and didn't think he'd be kicking. I don't think he thought that either, but we've obviously had a weird year with, with injuries in that way. And, you know, he's come in, he's a hardworking kid. He's um, he's a very likable kid, he, you know, just being from Nebraska. And, and if you would have told him, you know, one month ago, or let alone a year ago, or whatever. Like you're going to kick a game-winning kick in Memorial Stadium. I mean, he probably wouldn't have believed it. We wouldn't have believed it. I mean, this is a—it's crazy how it all came about. But you know, he came in and and made two out of three, and the one that he missed, he hit pretty well and he hit the upright. So he's been thrust into a tough situation, and and he's done a great job. That was a pressure-packed kick, and you know, I don't think he hit it exactly like he wanted to hit it.
0: But it went, it went through the uprights. That's all that matters, and I'm just really happy for him. Yeah, only the second walk-off field goal in the history of Memorial Stadium for the Cornhuskers. That was pretty remarkable stuff on Saturday. Coach Frost, speaking about not believing things, was asked today, Matt, if, if you'd have told him when he took the job two years ago if he would have envisioned winning games like 9-6 to and 13-10. to He said, no way, but in some ways that's kind of life in the Big Ten week in and week out, isn't it? It is. I mean,
6: you're facing teams that know each other pretty well. We know that pretty much everybody you play in the Big Ten is well-coached. Um, so you kind of have a playbook on everybody. Uh, pretty much everybody has big, strong guys, and so it's really tough sledding between the tackles. Um, and, and so you see this, and, and every week there's either an upset or a game that's way closer than you thought it might be, and, and you just got to try to find a way each week. And luckily our defense has played well. I mean, they, they really did a good job Saturday, and we've seen that pretty consistently all year, the Ohio State game kind of being the outlier on both, on both ends. But, um, you know, it's, it's a tough week. We all know that. You have to be big and physical, but you also have to have skill guys that can separate and make plays. And, and you know, if, if you turn the ball over in this league, you're probably not going to win very many games, and it's probably going to be true for us the rest of the year. If we take care of it, I think we have a chance to win about any game we play. And if we turn it over two or three or four times like we have this year at times, then we're probably not going to win very many. So um, it's, a, it's a good league. It's a tough league. And, and it's going to take great effort on, uh, for us on Saturday to go get one on the road.
0: Yeah, Northwestern on Saturday, Matt, had w- only one play from scrimmage of over 20 yards. It was a 23-yard pass play, so the defense really did a nice job. How did you how did you feel like Nebraska handled the loss of Khalil Davis up front on Saturday?
6: Well, the guys had to play some more snaps. We saw Casey uh, Rogers get in there. We saw uh, Damian Daniels play a little bit more. Ben Steely, I thought, came in and maybe had his best game of the year on Saturday, so other guys had to play a few more snaps. Darian Daniels played a bunch of snaps, and obviously Carlos did too. And, and, and so they, they picked up the slack. I mean, that's one place where we actually have a little bit of depth and we can, we can fill in for some guys. But Khalil's a really good player. It would be nice to have him back this weekend. I'm sure he's going to be ready to go after taking a week off, and, and uh, he'll be excited to get back out there with his guys. We have a pretty good group up front there on defense
0: all right this week it's it's minnesota the gophers have probably been one of the biggest surprises in the country at five and zero. what are your thoughts about this one on saturday
6: well they found a way you know he's gotten his kids to buy in they've been in some tough spots this year in, in different games and they found a way so uh, give them a lot of credit they're they're well coached uh, they're a tough team they have a couple of really good wide receivers uh, they're big and strong up front, and, and so it's going to be a big challenge, no doubt. I mean, you look at the weather, it looks like it's going to be a cold game, and, and uh, it's really going to test our guys going on the road up there. We have a week, fo- week off following, so you want to just put it all out there this weekend, try to get a win and feel good going into the off week, but it's not going to be easy. And Minnesota expects to win. They've won them all so far. They've been in a lot of close games, so they're not scared of playing a close game. And, and so it's going to take a really good effort from us. But, but um, you know, if we go up there and take care of the football and, and uh, perform the way that we can, I think we have a good chance to go get a win. And if we don't play well and turn it over, probably not going to happen. So it's kind of life in the Big Ten. As you said, it's tough every week.
0: Yeah, some uncertainty, obviously, with, with Adrian's health moving forward. How confident do you think the team is and the coaches are in Noah if his number gets called again on Saturday?
6: I think really confident. I think he showed last Saturday that he can come in and run this offense, and he's been in it for a long time. Scott took him down to UCF and he learned it down there, and so he's been in the system for a number of years and knows it inside and out as well as Adrian or anybody else offense So, you know, he understands what we're trying to do. He's really athletic. He can run. He's not scared. Um, he he's a guy that that's going to lay it all out there. He's a Nebraska kid who's going to play with a lot of pride and. And uh, so if he's the guy on Saturday or any time moving forward, um, it'll be great. And and I think everybody has confidence in him. So I, I think we have a really good room of quarterbacks, Greg, overall. They're great kids. Uh, they're guys that, that get along really well. They compete hard against each other, uh, yet they're guys that support each other as well. And it was great to see Saturday. And whoever it ends up being sat- this coming Saturday, I think we'll have confidence in them.
0: All right, hope you can find your winter jacket. Sounds like you're going to need it on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I think so. We might have to keep the windows shut. That's That probably will be uh, maybe the, the game-time <laughs> call. You bet. Have a good week.
6: All right, buddy. We'll see you.
0: One guy that we also saw get on the field for the defense is Braxton Clark. Had a couple of tackles in the game against Northwestern on Saturday. As Nebraska trying to work him into that rotation a little bit? You're going to graduate Lamar Jackson after this year. And Braxton physically remind you a little bit of Lamar, a little bit taller, corner, longer, long arms, and you had a chance to catch up with
5: him earlier today. Yeah, very rangy guy, and obviously behind Lamar and DiCaprio in the depth chart and still plugging away to try and get some playing time. I asked him in his eyes how he thought thinks his season's going so far.
3: For me, I say it's been going pretty good. You know, just trying to build build on the momentum that I got going right now. You know, just trying to stay in the playbook. You know, and just gaining trust from the coaches and the players on the team. This is a really hard time
5: for a guy that you know comes to the program and you're behind good good corners. What what are your, is your relationship like with Coach Fisher right now? What he's telling you to just stay focused and. Bring your lunch pail to work every
3: day. Tell us what what that dynamics like with Coach Fish. Uh, my relationship with Coach Fish is good. You know he, he's hard on me because you know he knows that I can be good at the end of the day, and he wants me to be good at the end of the day. And, you know I tell him I tell him if I'm slacking, you know be on me. You know don't let me slip up in any type of way because I, I want that type of coaching. I want hard coaching on me because I feel like that's gonna bring the best out in me. So yeah, me and Coach Fish relationship good right now. I'd say
5: you got some good competition in front of you. You got probably good role models right now with with DiCaprio and Lamar
3: what, what's your relationship like with those guys and how much they're helping you through this good you know DCap and Lamar they just always try to you know help me out on little things you know just little things to get here faster, or just little things when I'm impressed you know I can or some things on the field that I might not see that they see so you know they always just trying to help me you know just trying to make me a student of the game and just make me better period you're a big dude what, what, what is it about corner that you like uh, I like locking people up. You know, I like looking them in their eyes and they know I'm going to guard them and I like locking them down at the end of the day, you know. So I feel like it's a one-on-one dog-eat-dog world out there. So I like that type of pressure on me. You know, I feel like it makes me bring the best out of my game. I'm sure you played multiple positions in high school. What was it? And then you talked about what you like
5: about corner, but... Do you, do you ever reminisce in those days of, you know, playing another position or, you know,
3: <laughs> thinking of back to those other old days? Yeah, when I used to play like receiver or running back when I was, little, you know, that's a little glory position, you know, but at the end of the day, I like defense, you know. Defense is cool, you know. That's why I like it and I feel like that's the type of mentality I have and I like to be on that side of the ball. So, you know, I don't think about it too much, you know, I just try to get trying to get better at the position I'm playing at now. You're a Florida boy starting to, to, to turn the weather here. Uh, someone flipped the switch to, to cold now. Are you, are you getting used to this Nebraska weather? I mean, I went through it last year. They told me it was like the worst winter ever, my first one here. So, I mean, I'm really not expecting too much, you know. So, I'm just expecting the same thing that happened last year, you know, just a whole bunch of snow. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mess with me too much, you know, because, you know, we don't really deal with it too much. Coaching staff really liked you out of high school, and they, you know, they can
5: end up coming here to, to Nebraska. Nebraska from your, from your side of it, what was it about Nebraska that was intriguing or these coaches that, you know, they, they may come here to a foreign place in, in Lincoln, Nebraska,
3: but you know you still had interest in this place? Uh, Really the culture, you know, and just how the coaches, you know, they're like they're players' coaches, you know, they care for you as a person, you know, they don't just care for themselves so they want you to graduate, you know, they want you to be a good father, a good son, a good brother, they want you to do all these things, you know, so it's not just about football, it's about making you into a complete man, so that's why really appreciate about the coaches here. You had some some Florida
5: flavor, you know, following here to Nebraska. How does that help? You know, you have you have decap there. You've got Coach backton who has a, a lot of ties in Florida. To you know, to you know, you're not definitely not in Florida, but yeah. you know, to to have
3: a little flavor of home here, uh, it feels good. You know, because you know, you always want that side. You know, you know, feel what home feels like. But at the end of the day, I, I appreciate everybody here. You know, the Nebraska boys, the Georgia boys, Bama boys, everybody. You know, we all family, and I don't really look at it as like a Florida versus the world thing. You know. If you're from Florida, that's cool. You're from the crib, but you know, I appreciate everybody here. This team right now, kind of in the thick of it defensively, you've
5: had to come out and come up with some big stops to win some games. How much pride do you, does a defense take in that? You know, In a game like last Saturday with Northwestern, you have to get stop after stop
3: after stop to, to go out there and, and really the attitude in those huddles when you're off the field. Uh, we take pride in games like that because we prefer games like that, you know, put it on us. Let us win the game, you know, because we just we, we try to get better at the end of the day and bring that black shirt swagger back. So it's, it's, it's about getting better at the end of the day. So we had a couple things that we could have did better on the field. But at the end of the day, it was a good defensive game. You mentioned black shirts. What have you learned about the black shirt tradition since you've been here? Uh, people people really cherish that, you know, old black shirts, they take it serious, you know, and I realized like how big of a tradition it was and you, you don't just get to put that jersey on, you earn it. So, you know, I just, I'm just learning new things and different things about it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a blue collar, hardworking jersey basically to earn. What was it like for the first time you saw you showed up at practice and players had those things on? Uh, they was giving out. They weren't, People just didn't have them on. But when they were giving out, uh, they had old black shirts come in and present it to the players. And I just seen, like, how big of an honor it is to wear that jersey. Because once you get that jersey, you know, it's not like you made it. You got to keep working. Now you got to represent. And now you got to lead by example. So, yeah. Where have you taken the most strides as a player, Braxton? I mean, in high school,
5: it's so easy for a lot of you guys because you're just so much more athletic than everybody. But for you, what
3: have you really had to improve on this year and something you're continuing to focus on every day in practice? Really, my IQ, you know, just knowing by my alignment, you know, just the way he releases off the ball, knowing, like, certain routes he's going to run and just hand placement, just everything, really just me getting smarter as a player, you know, so it might look like I'm doing something faster, but I just know what's going on. So, really, that I've been just, you know, trying to stay in the playbook and just try to keep learning as much as I can you're out there on specific packages what is it about having to
5: to stay locked in you know on the sideline all the time you can kind of get get lost in the flow of a game but having
3: to stay ready so you know that package is called you got to be out there and ready mm. I mean they. I mean when they need you, your number is called. You got to go out there and produce. So it's not really I'm out there getting lost during the game because I'm always looking forward to getting in the game and making plays. So whenever I get an opportunity, you know I'm more than eager to get out there. So I'm always locked in regardless, just by you know just being out there on the field. It's gonna be a fun test for you DBs this week. Minnesota's got some
5: some pretty good receivers and some good wideouts, guys that we've seen before. Uh, from what you remember about them and the little little film study you've done already, it's just Monday. Uh, what what is about this
3: this receiver group that makes them so good and, and what you guys are gonna have to do well on Saturday? Um, they're, they're explosive you know they got two good receivers out there and uh, really you know they the releases off the ball they try to make plays on the ball highest point in the air so really we just got to be on our P's and Q's during the game and you know we just we play our role we play what we do you know at the end of the day everything's gonna come out fine so if we're not really too worried about them it's more about us. Packing the snow gear this week? Yeah, yeah, it's starting to get a little cold, but uh, it's all right, though. You know, it was getting a little hot, so everything's all right. I ain't worried about it too much. Braxton, thanks for sitting down with us, man. Good luck against Minnesota.
5: Thank you. Braxton Clark, yeah, it's a tough adjustment with those Florida boys. Those <laughs> That first winter kind of hits hard. Sure does. Nebraska was able to utilize that four-game redshirt rural
0: with him last year. He played a couple games, uh, but saved the shirt. Now redshirt freshman, I just like the look of him. He just looks like a guy that can match up with bigger wide receivers and and play. And certainly I think his role will go up next year with the graduation of Lamar Jackson. That was was a fun interview to listen to. Chance to catch up with Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com. Good column up there today. You kind of went through the first six weeks, still a real crowded field, isn't it, for what could be a, a playoff at the end of December?
4: it is greg it's a much bigger field than i think a lot of people thought going into the year there was so much talk just about alabama and clemson but you know, whether it's uh, lsu or ohio state or oklahoma or, or georgia you know, the, you know there there's so many teams that have joined those other you know those two and you know the, i think you know, they all are are perfect and that was sort of the point of today is is looking at issues whether it's a unit or a schedule issue or just having youth in certain places but, um, you know, it's fun to talk about more than just two teams right now. And I think a lot of teams have closed that gap, at least early on, with the defending national champions and the runner-up in Alabama. But there's obviously a long way to go.
0: Well, it sets up chaos. I love chaos in college football season. One of those teams that would be in your group is Florida. What a nice win they had Saturday. Yeah. And this is a huge stretch for the Gators, isn't it?
4: It really is. And I was impressed. You know, they lost their starting quarterback, Felipe Franks, a few weeks ago at Kentucky unfortunate situation. But you know, Kyle Trask has come in and, and really played well. I mean, this Florida offense, you know, their numbers are not going to blow anybody away, but they have the ability to make big plays. And they did that both in the beginning of the game against Auburn, which is one of the best defenses in the country, certainly in the SEC, Freddie Swain had that long touchdown pass from Trask and then well, Michael Pirine, what a run. Eighty eight yards in the fourth quarter to really seal it for Florida. Uh, but, but you're right, it gets no easier for them. You know, They go on the road this week to play that hot LSU offense in Baton Rouge at night, one of the toughest places to play in the country. Then they go to South Carolina, which has a pretty good defense. And then a couple of weeks later, their, their biggest game of the year, at least regular season, against Georgia, which has given uh, Florida some problems the last couple of years. Uh, and that likely will decide the SEC East. Missouri's still in that mix. Florida also has to go to Missouri. So, you know, they, they've played well to this point. But they haven't really, uh, you know, done a whole lot on the road or away from Gainesville, and that's about to change.
0: Yeah. Um, did Michigan impress you? Did they do enough? I mean, they won the game, but it's, it still was far from what maybe we expected out of Michigan. What'd you take away from their victory over Iowa?
4: Right. Well, I think defensively, you have to be impressed. I mean, the comments I was getting a couple of weeks ago, you know, after they got blown out by Wisconsin, is you know when they face a team that can block with how aggressive they are defensively sometimes they get burned. And they did against Wisconsin, but they didn't against Iowa. They overwhelmed uh, that offensive line and and Nathan Stanley. You rarely see an offensive line from Iowa get pushed around the way that that that, that one was last week in Ann Arbor. So you credit Don Brown and that defensive front. They were aggressive. That's who they are. I think you can see, Greg, a defense that knows who it is and a Michigan offense is still trying to figure out who it wants to be under Josh Gaddis and uh, your first time play caller just still isn't there, whether it's the personnel or the flow or, or what have you, they just have a hard time putting up points. And you know, that's going to be a problem because they have Penn state on the road in a couple of weeks. They have Notre Dame coming in. Those are both really good defenses. They still have Michigan state and Ohio state top 10 defenses at the end of the year. And so uh, Michigan is going to have to figure some things out offensively this week at Illinois, which is not a great defense before the schedule gets much tougher again
0: well iowa gets held to three points by michigan and now they get to play penn state which has been maybe equally if not better than michigan on defense right but kinnick stadium that should be electric on saturday night
4: right well you'd expect you know kirk ferentz who's a longtime offensive line guy and brian ferentz's son the o-line coach to really challenge that offensive line because After what happened at Michigan, if they don't get better, they're facing, at least numbers-wise, the best defensive line in the country in terms of sacks and tackles for loss. Penn State's incredibly deep. That's the strength of their team. And if it doesn't get better, it's going to be a carbon copy of what you saw in Ann Arbor. But you're right. Kinnick Stadium's going to be electric. You would expect Iowa to play better. The last time these teams played, it literally went down to the wire. Trace McSorley... Throwing to Jawan Johnson, I think with one second left uh, to, to beat Iowa. Penn State's actually won 11 consecutive games against Big Ten West opponents. I didn't realize that until today. But obviously Iowa, th- those last two games have been very close. And so I would expect another really good contest. And I'd be surprised if Iowa looks that poor Uh, especially up front two weeks in a row
0: all right a couple big games in the state of texas this weekend adam i want your thoughts on let's start with the red river rivalry big test for oklahoma we really haven't seen them tested yet they will be saturday correct
4: yeah they will i hope so i'll I'll be there greg and and i know you you appreciate that game and it's the first one i'll be at uh i haven't recovered this game so excited to to check out the state fair and, and, and many fried things and, and that whole atmosphere. But yeah, it, it should be a, a nice test for Oklahoma. I still, uh, you know, looking at Texas's defense, they were rebuilding in many spots just because of personnel losses. Then they've had some injuries in the secondary. And so, you know, that, that worries me a little bit because Oklahoma has been so prolific offensively. And so, you know, I think if there's a weakness with OU, it's, it's their O line, which, which loses or last four starters from last year. They didn't protect great against Kansas, and so that, that's where Texas has to take advantage. And then they obviously are going to have to match scores with an improved Oklahoma defense under Alex Grinch. But you know, this is what, really that first matchup of two Heisman Trophy contenders in Jalen Hurts, who's definitely up there, and Sam Ellinger, who's had some really good numbers but needs a great performance in my mind to start making a push for the Heisman with so many other quarterbacks in that mix. So which quarterback comes out of there? will we'll certainly uh, feel better about his Heisman chances. And the team that wins this game can feel a lot better about their chances to win the Big 12 and, and possibly get to the playoff. It's an elimination game, in my mind, for Texas. They're not going to get in with two losses. But uh, if they can win this game and, and then go on and run the table, they'd have a great resume to get in the playoffs.
0: South of Dallas, you go to College Station, you've got Bama and A&M. Will the, will the tide be pushed this week in your eyes?
4: Well, I think if, they, if they're going to be, it's going to be because of the A&M secondary. And, and they've been better against the pass this year. But A&M just hasn't met my expectations so far. Maybe they were too high coming off of the way they ended last season. I know that they're going to be next year. That's their year, maybe to be a top-ten uh, team, a playoff contender. But I just haven't been overly impressed with Jimbo Fisher's team so far. They've had, I think they were off last week, so they, they've had a week to prepare for Alabama. They get them at home. Uh, they've been very good at home for the most part under Jimbo, and so uh, we'll, we'll we'll find out. But uh, A&M going to have to play by far its best game of the year, I think, to be able to to pace Alabama because the the Tide are just so potent on offense with Tua and that passing game. Receivers are so good, and then they're getting the running game involved uh, as well. So it, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to see where Alabama is at because they, they really haven't have uh, been, been pushed at all this season.
0: Yeah, one other game that is traditionally one of the great games every fall is SC at Notre Dame. I don't know if the, the Trojans have enough, though. Do they to, to push the Irish on their own field?
4: Well, the hard part for USC is they don't defend the run particularly well. And now Notre Dame doesn't run it that well either. So maybe that gives them a break. And, and USC is very uh, pass heavy on offense. And so uh, yeah, they, don't, they don't run the they, 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 they their run game is not what, what we kind of know it to be historically. Uh, you know, USC, talent wise, can certainly hang in this game. But there's just a sloppiness to their play, Greg, in, in terms of watching them, even in their win against Utah, which I, I covered live. Uh, there's just a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers. They're going to have to play. I think Clay Helton even said it earlier tonight, their cleanest game of the season to be able to beat this Notre Dame team on the road uh, at night. Ian Book was, was much better, uh, has been much better the last couple of weeks for the Irish. The last time these two teams played in South Bend, Greg, it was it was over uh, very, very early. Notre Dame complete domination of USC. And if that's the case, there's certainly going to be even more pressure on Clay Helton and, and maybe on USC to make a decision there because – uh, this is really a must-win for him, in my mind. He wants to coach the Trojans next season.
0: Very good. All right. We'll travel safe to Dallas. Go get you some fried pickles, and we'll talk next week. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Craig. That's going to put a wrap on tonight's show. Thanks to Adam Rittenberg for spending some time with us here in hour number three. Thanks to Ben, to Tim, to Austin, and to all of you being a part of this one here tonight. Have a great night, Ben and Nate. With you tomorrow. Go-